Welcome back to Mom Nation Unscripted. Now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, everyone. This is Ryan Gilliam, Senior Mortgage Banker with Waterstone Mortgage. If you're looking to buy a new home or even refinance a current one, I'm able to help you find the best program and interest rate that fits your specific needs. You could call me anytime directly at phone number 480-635-3035 if you have any mortgage questions or if you're ready to get pre-approved for a new home purchase. Thank you. Oh, hey, girl. Hey. 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 For season three, episode season one. three, Laura, you are on episode, episode one of one. season three. Uh-huh. How special do you feel right now? I feel so special. I really do. I didn't actually know that it was going to be episode one. I feel like I'm debuting the season with you guys. This you is are an honor. Yes. Well, we love you. So we're excited that you're here. So. Oh, well, uh, as always in 2020, uh, the past week is weird. Uh, Have aliens landed yet? I'm expecting that any time. Any day now. Any day now. (laughs) Yeah. Like the world, the world, oh my gosh. Freaking earthquakes at Yellowstone. Let's, let's just, I don't know. It's all happening now. So. (laughs) It's all happening. (laughs) It is. That being said though. How was your last week, Katie? We had a very, very exciting week. Of course, June is birthday month Mm -hmm. for my family. Everybody was born in June, just everyone, um, pretty much. So this week, actually today, is my sister, Brooke. Happy birthday. Happy 21st, Brooke Johnson. Happy birthday. birthday. Yes, it's her 21st today, so that's super exciting. My husband's birthday is on Thursday, my 41st birthday was last week. Um, so we're birthdaying it up, but that's not my big announcement. Last week, we opened a new state for Mom Nation. Exciting, Woo! exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. That is so very exciting. We, it is. It's like growing like wildfire. I'm so stoked. It already has this group we launched less than a week ago. It's already got 170 mamas in it. They are going wow. crazy, making friends and doing all kinds of fun stuff. It is the state of Washington. And That's we've got, awesome. a, yeah, I'm stoked. Starting to open up the West Coast. We've got a great gal in the state leader position. Her name is Sonia. She's, uh, she's a realtor like me. So we think alike um, and she's killing it over there. So I'm super stoked to see what she does with the group. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to be just as wonderful as the other nine are. Yeah. So, so guys, if you're a realtor in another state that we haven't opened Mom Nation yet in message Katie. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Cause it's a, it's a great spot to be in and we have 40 states we haven't even opened yet. So all kinds of meat and potatoes out there. Hit the double digits though, 10 states. That's amazing. I know. I know. That's awesome. The big, big mile marker. It's very exciting. So how about you, Miss Beth? How was your week? It was fine. It was fine. We, uh, so if you guys have been listening for a while, you know that my uh, son was diagnosed with autism a few weeks ago. So he had his testing just yesterday for that and uh, to be able to qualify for help from the state. So fingers crossed that it continues to go well and, uh, and we're going to be able to have a lot more support for him. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, my friend moved into my house. So yeah. Yeah. So my friend, um, she, she had broken up with her boyfriend and she just needed an in-between place while she was going through everything. And so she's a massage therapist. So we had told her, you can, you can have free rent for a massage a week. (laughs) Yes. So that's awesome. So my husband and I are each getting a massage every week. And we're just like, man, this is, this is a great deal here. Yeah. Right. Like how long you want to (laughs) stay. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's, um, she gets along great with the kids and, um, she and my daughter Autumn are, are just buddies and they get along with everything. And she's, she's like, um, 
super into astrology and all of the woo-woo stuff, right? Like crystals and NLP and just like all of that stuff. So she, she is like a floating fairy sprite that I just can't even like, she just like walks into a room and like, she's always like, greetings, earthlings. And <laughs> I love it. she is just the most magical human being you could ever imagine meeting. And so just to have that energy in your house every single day, it's like, it, it took me a minute to like adapt to the energy because I'm like, I, I'm just so practical, right? And, and so then to like have this energy come into the house, it was like, whoa. This is going to take a minute to adapt. And, and it's so fun. You know, we go for walks with her and she like dances while she walks down the street and she's just awesome. So oh my God. Oh, I love it. That is cool. I love it when people or things or, you know, situations happen that kind of pattern interrupt us a little bit. Yes. You know? Yes. That's what happened to you. You got pattern interrupted, girl. Big time. And so all of a sudden I've been like this whole week, I've been like, what do I even want to do with my life? Like, why am I doing everything that I'm doing? Because like, I've been living out this, yeah, I've been living out this pattern. And yeah, <laughs> anyway, which is kind of a fun segue into this week's topic, I think. You're so good at that. Every single episode, she'll say something and totally segue it into our topic. And I don't even know, like, I don't even know how you do that. Well, yeah, that's you know, funny. <laughs> I kind of have a weird brain that can always see connections between anything. So it's fun. Um, but this week, so I don't know, moms, if you are anything like Katie and I, we've been talking about this, but we've kind of gotten into this weird, like new pattern with since quarantine began that we've mm -hmm. just been doing things this new way but it's also become a pattern that is like not good in all the ways there are a lot of ways that it's not great and uh so as we're thinking about like the the patterns and how it's going to be interrupted when school comes next year there's a million different fears that are like weighing over our heads and so even though school's not starting for you know five six more weeks it's weighing so heavy, heavily on our minds. And it's yeah. really, really difficult to cope and to plan. Um, planning for, for what you're gonna do with your kids in the fall. It's so stressful because like, I have certain feelings where I'm like, you know what, I want to send my kid to school, but I also don't want my kid to be sent somewhere to just be like, have propaganda in their face constantly. I don't want that like psychological pattern being ingrained in their head. So that's why I'm super glad that Laura's here. Me too. I'm, I'm a wee bit stressed about this. Well, thank you for inviting me. Um, I feel like, so I'm always on with like the heavy stuff, right? I'm the, I'm the, <laughs> I'm it's the literally your job though. I'm the heavy topic guest. Yes. As a counselor, uh, that is my job. And I tend to find, I tend to find myself in those conversations pretty often. So I am really glad to be here and hopefully can offer some support, you know, um, the unfortunate part and the, the good and bad of counseling is I can't necessarily change anything <laughs> about the environment. However, right what we can hopefully do is change our perceptions about the environment and our perspective. And that's really the best way to get through anything. Um, so I'm really glad to be here and hopefully, um, hopefully address some of these, some of these stressors that are happening right now. It's been a really tough year. So, you know, as it just keeps on, we got to keep, keep on yes. moving. Right. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if you've, seen, I'm sure you've seen this, Laura, but Katie, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's, there's been articles uh, recently that have been talking about like the second curve to flatten mm. is mm -hmm. mental health that you know, we've seen such a spike in suicides. We've seen such a spike in um, depression, OCD, anxiety, just so many mm -hmm. things. And people don't know how to deal with this because we most of us are, have been able to like just stick our heads down and like use practical like oh just push through tools that aren't working anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A lot of those distractions, right? A lot of those things that keep us busy, the things that help us um, come out of ourselves and um, sort of uh, superficially impose into the environment versus the opposite, where right now we're all sort of stuck at home with ourselves and our thoughts and our feelings, and we don't have a lot of outlets, right? So that's where when we get in our head and we start to ruminate and we start to cycle and we start to spiral, it becomes really hard to, we can't really talk ourselves down. Um, so I, I definitely can agree. I see that all the time. I mean, in my practice, I have a lot of new clients who are coming in. Um, and you know, the thing is, I can say that even though this time is new ish for us, we haven't necessarily experienced this same thing before, but our anxiety and our fears and our feelings are dialed up based on old stuff. I know I say say that all the time, um, but it's really, what does this feel like? Well, it feels like the last time I was out of control. It felt, it feels like the last time I was in a crisis, the last time I was scared. Um, And so it just compounds and piles on and piles on and those networks just bleed together. And so we lose perspective into, okay, what's about right now? And what's about the old stuff that I'm carrying with me? And one of the other things that like, just as you're mentioning that, I, I definitely see that like where I see these old patterns playing out. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those times in the past, other people were in healthier spaces, so they were able to show up for us. Whereas now everybody is so, I don't even know what the word is, but everybody's in this, right? And so it's not like we're able to show up for each other as deeply as we once could. We're all kind of spread spread thin mentally and emotionally and, and otherwise. Absolutely. So that support becomes a commiseration, right? Yeah. So it's hard to see your, it's hard to support someone out of something when you feel like, oh, you're right. This is the end of the world right? And you're, you don't have anything to offer. And so that becomes really difficult. I noticed that with myself when it comes to, especially my kids, right? Because even though I'm a counselor, that doesn't mean I'm my kid's counselor or my right. own counselor, right? right? So I have my own habits and my own patterns and, you know, my own, um, you know, neural networks that are, that are connected. And so I catch myself when my kids are feeling like, oh, I have so much anxiety about X, Y, Z. Sometimes I start to think, gosh, what do I even say right now? Because I have anxiety about that too. And when that, as soon as I catch myself not knowing how to handle it, I realize that I'm stuck in some, some, some old stuff. And so when we get, what happens when we're stuck in that old stuff is that our mind is, it's the worst kind of time machine. It's the involuntary mind trauma time machine that we end up. So we basically go back to that that place that we were when we felt that fear or we felt that feeling, we go back there and our brains lose access to the present moment. They lose access to all the experience that we've had. You know, let's say this makes me feel vulnerable because of scarcity, right? This panic buying, or, you know, I don't know, I use that as an example because, you know, so many people as kids, they grow up in, um, you know, with some scarcity, right? Mm -hmm. And so for them right now, when it's like, oh, my job is in question, my, my food, my access to these items that I need to survive, when those become questionable, it's not about the resources and access to information that I have today. So all of my experience, my knowledge, my training, my savings, my skills to improve my current situation that I have now as an adult woman. No, my mind is ha- is the kid, the 10-year-old kid who doesn't know where my next meal's coming from. Mm-hmm. And that 10-year-old kid doesn't have the resources. That 10-year-old kid doesn't have the tools or the experience to solve it, so we get stuck. Because our, our brains literally don't have access to what we know today. So we have to ground ourselves in the present. How old am I? What day is it? Right? It's June 16th, 2020, right? I'm a 35-year-old woman. I have skills. Could I get a job at Safeway as a grocery bagger if I had to? Absolutely. Could I go, you know, could I go sell all of my furniture to make my mortgage next month? A hundred percent. Right. But I don't think that way when I'm a 10 year old who's feeling like, I don't know where my food's coming from. Right. 
So we realize yes. we have to realize we have the tools today. Like how much more do I know now than I knew, even if it was something recent, right? Like not everything is based in childhood. I mean, I'm going to bet that the majority of it is, but some of it's based on an experience that we had a couple years ago. Right. But even then, you know, Katie, do you think that you have more resources and knowledge and tools and skills today that you did two years ago? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got to ground ourselves in the present and recognize like, Hey, I've been through this. I can get through this. I have what I need to survive. Right. And the worst case scenario might be that I have to make big sacrifices or big changes or, you know, really adjust my expectations. But then because I'm an, I'm an adult and I know that I'm going to get through it, that's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. That's going to be okay. Yeah, this is, well, and it's, there's also so many things that we, that are happening now that we haven't experienced. And so, mm-hmm. um, there's like our only frame of reference is sci-fi TV or right. Like, like it's, it's bizarre fictional yeah. stuff that we're having to use as a frame of reference for so much of what's happening right now. And it's really hard to like feel safe because all of those, those are like dystopian worlds where horrible things are happening left and right and children are being taken away and killed. Like there's, there's horrible things happening. And so we're kind of in this really intense headspace, which I just have to say like, guys, if you don't have a therapist, go get a therapist. Like you need a therapist now more than ever. Yes. Um, Everybody needs somebody to speak to. I totally absolutely i had the therapy last wednesday and i was like i had to remind myself before i came here that i'm allowed to unload on you (laughs) like that i'm allowed to say everything i want to say it's your job to listen to me and that's what i'm paying you to do like guys get a therapist first first off but but just that idea of like this dystopian universe Mm -hmm. that we've seen in all of these books or movies or whatever and it's the closest reflection to our realities now than even anything we've ever experienced in our entire lifetimes. So I'm curious about your thoughts as a therapist on, on that. You know, I'm, I think that's so dead on, you know, I think about that all the time. I'm like, this is, I took my, I had to go to Costco. Right. And as much as I've been trying to do Instacart and I'm loyal to the quarantine, right? Like I got my mask on, I'm not going anywhere. I am here or I'm at my office with my clients and that's a one-on-one. There's nobody there, but me and them and we're six, eight feet apart, you know, like, so I had to go to the store with my kid and, um, we had our, we had our masks on and we're walking through the store and I'm watching this lady, um, you know, vigorously spray all of her items before she puts them in her cart with disinfectant spray. And, you know, she's got gloves on, she's got her mask, she's got the face guard and everything. And I look at, I look at her and I look at around and these visuals that I'm experiencing, the stimulus that is coming into my system is, is very different and jarring. Right. And I said to Max, my son, who was with me, I said, this is what a movie about 20, we are living in a movie about 2020 that was made in the eighties. That's what this looks like. That's what it looks like. You just gave me chills just as you said that. Oh my gosh. And so when we think about that and we're just, we're recognizing all these new things, but feel the feelings when we really feel the feelings and we feel, okay, how do I feel right now? I feel scared. How do I feel right now? I feel out of control. How do I feel right now? I feel like I don't have choices. Um, How do I feel right now? I don't feel safe. Um, You know, those feelings at their core. And what does that say about you? What does that say about you? Well, it says that, you know, I'm not safe. I'm not, I'm not good at making choices. I'm not prepared. I'm not equipped. I'm not capable. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm overwhelmed or I'm, you know, even, so even overwhelmed is not generalizable, but I'm not adequate, right? At its core. Mm-hmm. I'm not adequate to handle this situation. So that feeling, that core message, that negative belief we have about ourselves is generalizable. And so even though the stimuli is new, that feeling is coming from some, that feeling is existing today because of today, but it's existing at a higher level. Instead of a four, it's 10. 
Mm -hmm. Because when was the last time? Do you does that feel familiar? I love that, and it made yeah. me just think of something. Is is that like as as we were saying, it feels like we're in a movie about twenty twenty. You get out to pump your own gas, and bam, you're like being blasted with with propaganda. Like whether you yeah. believe, believe it or not, like it 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 is what it is. You're it, it's being blasted into your ears the second you open your your car door, and um, one of the things that's really interesting about all of these books and all of these movies is that the, the main character that you spend the most time with is always a hero, right? Yeah. And we don't see ourselves as the hero. So I'm curious if we like started to look at ourselves as the reluctant hero or the underqualified hero. Yeah. What would be different? Yeah. I mean, if you imagine yourself as the one who's going to get through it, right? Because I could objectively say, okay, so let me say right now, how many of you in this very moment that we're talking right now, I'm not safe. If you feel like I'm not safe, that could on a broader timeline feel true, but it's not because you, me, and you know, Katie are sitting in this room together, but separately, <laughs> none of us are objectively unsafe. In this moment, that's the difference between everything and right now. Mm -hmm. So if I'm, even when I'm in Costco with my mask on and you know, my, I'm touching things or whatever, in that moment, I am still safe. I am alive. I am not in a fight or flight panic. Right. That turns off my cortex and makes it so that I can't think. And so when you think about that reluctant hero, if you think about, okay, that reluctant hero went through a lot, right? And they are in all these situations where they're not safe, but they, what, what do they think about? They think about, I am alive. I am capable. I'm going to just do this. I'm going to keep going forward because they, ha they have this drive of, I have to. So if we recognize ourselves as the reluctant heroes in our own story, right? How many times have we told my story? I know Katie, you've heard my story, Beth, like we've talked about this. And when I tell my story, I, I hear the first response. I don't know how you did that. I said it. Or right. I believe. Right. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. I don't know how I would get through. And, and so objectively, if you just look at that statement on its face, the, the, the question that I might ask in response is, well, would you, would you die? No, right. You would figure it out. Right. Right. Like, and so this sounds curt actually, but even with clients, you know, when a client is in a trauma situation and in a reliving situation, well, my question, did you die? Oh, no, I didn't. I'm here. And it sounds so weird, right? To say that, like, did you die? No, I didn't. I'm right here and I'm okay. Like, oh, it really shifts your mindset because you don't realize logically that that's where you are. You mm -hmm. don't realize that you literally are in a tra trauma time machine and you feel like you're going to die right then. And, but you're not, and you didn't. Let's just keep it, keep it moving. So speaking right? of trauma time machines, though, what about tra trauma time machines machines into the future, like with school? Yeah, we have upcoming. No segues back. You're <laughs> killing or whatever. Isn't yeah. she amazing? <laughs> oh, you think he on TV? Yes. Oh wait. Maybe one day. One day. <laughs> yes. The trauma. The school trauma time machine. Yeah. So we have what we have. We have. Um, we have ruminating in the past, right? So I always ask, where are you right now? Are you in the past or are you in the future? I ask my clients at every single session, I say, how, what percentage of you is present right now? And they're like, I don't know, like 70. I'm like, okay, I'll take 70. Where's the other 30? Oh, well, I'm thinking about what I've, what I just, you know, I'm either in the past or I'm future tripping is what we call that. Right. So future, most of us right now are future tripping because we don't have a past association right now. Like Beth, you were right. that's dead on. We don't have an associated visual, right? There's no past. All we have is the future. And so although our feelings are dialed up because of the past, we can't logically make those connections because we don't have enough um, insight. We don't have enough awareness of that. And so, um, and that's okay. It doesn't, you don't have to, it doesn't make any difference. All you have to do is know that if you're present, things will dial down.
So in the future, it's the same. So future tripping is the unknown. Future tripping is 70,000 different plans. Um, question after question after question. How will I? What will I? Where will I? Um, but the thing is, how am I? What am I? Where am I? Right? So interchange those questions. Like what's happening right now? Right? And even down to the second, like I can feel my feet on my floor. I can feel like this t-shirt is soft. Um, I can see you ladies right here. And that's the second of present. That's not, so this isn't just your general mindfulness. This is time and place orientation. But so, it helps you get there. Exactly. If you that basic. Exactly. All the way, drilling it all the way down to the second. And so when we future trip, there's so many unknowns and there's no solution. And, you know, kind of like I said in the beginning, like I can't change this. I can't change whether or not, you know, the kids are going to go back to school or whether it's going to be distance. I can't change if the schools say they're going to open and then they close two days in. I can't change, you know, all of these things where we're like, what about this? What about this? What about, I don't know. But what I do know is that you have the experience, the knowledge and the skills to make good choices at that moment. If you get in that moment and you access all of your skills and knowledge and experience. I do know that for sure. And so that's the hardest part. When we're future tripping, we've got to remember, okay, where am I? What am I doing? How am I doing? You know, what am I feeling? And we can feel those feelings. And, and feeling your feelings doesn't mean ruminating them. Feeling your feelings like, I feel scared. I feel overwhelmed. I feel anxious. I can feel it in my body. Okay, so I'm noticing that. Hey, that's okay, right? I'm noticing, I feel scared and overwhelmed. Okay, and that's yucky. That's yucky. All I want to do is solve it. All I want to do is stop it. I don't want to feel this way anymore. But the more we push it out and say, stop, right? Stop feeling that way. Stop thinking like this. Stop, because what if I, so, hey, ladies, don't think about Arby's right now. What <laughs> just popped in your head? Well, right, now I'm hungry. Thanks. I know. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> So you can't yeah, you can't, you can't tell yourself to stop because that's just going to make it worse. So what you've got to do is say, this is what I am feeling and it's a bummer, but guess what? I am in the moment. I am an adult woman. I am making good. I have the capacity to make good choices. I trust myself. I've raised beautiful kids. I've made sacrifices. I'm a mom boss. You know, I'm doing all my things and I'm making it work. And that's, that's the knowledge that we need to have in order to make those choices for, and know that when the time comes, we're going to make the right choice in the future too. So it's basically superimposing the right now and the, the capacity and capability into that future trip and say, you know what, when that does come up, I'm going to have a plan. Mm -hmm. I love that. That is so relieving. And I love that you bring it to the basics because that's true, right? I mean, it, it, the only way to, maybe not the only way, but one way that I love to rid myself of anxiety and fear and that kind of thing is meditation. And that's really a form mm -hmm. of it. I mean, you're just drilling right down to the most basics and stopping all of that chatter in your mind. And that is so relieving. It's unbelievable. And I we use it a lot, especially now with everything going on. You know, as a parent, I'm looking at a child going into the first grade. And so he's a little guy, he's six years old, you know, and he loved kinder. He loved it and really enjoyed it. He's a social butterfly. He's got all the friends, all the, all the deal. And then when it stopped abruptly, because we went on vacation and never came back. Right. Um, so that was a little abrupt. Um, he, he took it pretty well. I was like, well, gee, bud, you know, do you miss your friends? You want a Zoom call or whatever? No, I'm good. And now as we're getting to that time when school's going to start, we've started to talk about it. Because again, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. It may or may not happen still, right? I mean, we're planning right. on it but it may not happen. And he's starting to, and, and my kid is a pretty confident kid and, and doesn't usually show much anxiety, but you know, he's getting older and we let him feel his feelings. He is showing some anxiety about going back to school. 
and about kind of, you know, blending back in and, and he keeps saying, well, mom and dad, I just love being with you, you know, and mm. I just, I go to school, well, you're not there. And so he's just kind of like been used to homeschooling and all of that. So as a mom, I'm doing my best with, you know, explaining at his level, like kind of what's going on and it's totally okay. And if you go to school, it's, it's going to be because mom and dad feel like it's, it's safe and the right thing to do. And if you don't, then, you know, how would you talk to my six-year-old? <laughs> I know I love that question because kids, we sometimes get stuck because we're so worried about what our kids are experiencing and what they're going to miss out on. And we think about, you know, how's this going to affect them in the long term, right? And how do I talk, you know, so I love that question. I think it's so important to think about how do we, how do we get on their level, but essentially say the same thing. And so when he's saying, oh, but you guys are going to be gone, I'm not going to be with you. You know, I would just ask him, I would say, you know, I am going to miss you so much too. Like, what is it about us not being there that you're saying, like, what part, what part of that is the hard part for you? Right. And then, you know, he can kind of say, well, because, um, you know, I really enjoy your company or I don't feel safe without you. We don't know what that is yet. And so right. you're right. I never, and then whatever that is, you know, we say we can address it at that point. Like, I don't feel safe. Okay, well, let's talk about that. What would make you feel safer? You know, like I sometimes don't feel safe too. So how do I handle it? I just, I actually, I wiggle my toes, you know, and I, I wiggle them and then I look at the clock and then I tell myself what day it is. I know that sounds crazy, right? And this is, I'm talking to your six-year-old. I'm like, right. isn't that funny? Like, isn't that weird, right? I'm wiggling my toes and looking at the time. Why does that make you feel safe? Well, because it makes me kind of realize that I'm right here and I'm right now and I'm about to learn something cool at school. And then I just, I learn it. And then before I know it, I'm getting on the bus to come home or mom's picking me up or whatever, you know, like you can, you can make those same strategies with him and, you know, wiggling your toes, feel your feet in your shoes. That's a grounding technique. And then yeah. every time you wiggle your toes, you know what else that does? Every time you think wiggle your toes, you'll think of me. And every time I wiggle my toes, I'll think of you. And then when you get home, you can tell me what time it was that you wiggled your toes, and I'll tell you if I wiggled mine at that same time. Oh, that and then is you're so cute. Like just, I mean, anything, right? Like so, it's it's just as long as you're just you're there with him, and you're hearing him, and you're feeling his feelings, and you're saying, "Ugh, that sounds hard." That does. That sounds hard. I feel safe. I feel that way sometimes too. I really miss you when I'm, when you're not here. So I can understand. It's okay. Thanks for telling me about it. You know, and, and then they feel heard and they feel acknowledged and they know that it's okay. It's okay. Because when we say to our kids, Hey, don't feel sad. Mm -hmm. What's that message? Oh, it's wrong to feel sad. Sad is a burden. Sad is an imposition. Scared is a burden. Scared is an imposition. Right. So when we say, oh my gosh, it's okay to feel scared. I feel that way sometimes too. It's not okay to be paralyzed by the fear. Right. So mm -hmm. that's, you know, we move through it, but it's okay to feel it and acknowledge it and say, Hey fear, I see you. Typically you're here because I'm in danger, but guess what? I'm not in danger right now. So can you can come with me to school? You can come on, you know, get my backpack, right? Just, I'll take you along. You can come, but I'm going to need you to chill because I don't think I need you today. But thanks for showing up just in case. Because what are these, what are these feelings? They're protective strategies. Right. They're protective strategies that have served us in the past. How many of us have lived because of hypervigilance? How many of us have escaped abuse? How many of us as women have had to fight hard to survive? That's yeah. true. We've built those strategies for a reason and we're grateful for them and we appreciate them. And to tell them to go away is, is really just disrespecting yourself. And so to acknowledge that and say, thank you fear for showing up because I believe in you when you, I'll, you'll be here when I need you, but I'm not in danger right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm a, you can come with and hang out, but just be cool for now. I love that. And I, I especially love the part that you said about 
allowing our children, even as, as young as, you know, six or, or younger, allowing yeah. them to express their feelings and share those things and not saying, you know, and I think even as parents, we, words come out of our mouth and we don't realize yeah. how literal <laughs> kids take it. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> excuse me, instead of saying, you know, um, oh, don't feel that way. I like the way you're working through it better because yeah, it, it does basically tell them to shut those feelings off or to not vocalize it. And to be honest with you, at 41 years old, this was a lot of my childhood and I'm still dealing with that shit. Yeah, we all, yeah. Because I don't feel heard in some, some instances oh and I don't feel like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm going through therapy about it because they're dialing me back to when I was my son's age, basically. So I'm doing yeah. like this really cool regression thing where you figure out like where those points are that like really effed you up. Um, and so I'm back in a six, seven year old, not right now, but during these sessions <laughs> and all these things, you start to remember stuff. And it's crazy when you start to remember things that you haven't thought about in over 30 years. Absolutely crazy. Um, but, but it's a lot of not being listened to, just, you know, children should be seen and not heard type mentality, a lot of that. And I'll be damned if I knowingly do that to my child. And I'll be damned if I don't figure out how to not knowingly do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. No, I love that. And it's so important to recognize that we are not perfect. I told my kid earlier, like to just get over it. Like I'm, I'm nowhere near on point hundred percent of the time. Right. Like I'm not, I, I do my best when I'm present. That's the, that's the thing. I, I say this a thousand times, get present and then make a decision because if you make it without being present, you don't have access to what you know. And so when we are learning and becoming better ourselves what's really important to know all day every day as moms a good enough mom is the best kind of mom because if you know that you're good enough your kids will never see you question yourself if you know you're good enough your kids will know you're good enough and your kids will know that you're comfortable with yourself and that you know what you're talking about and they will trust you because they can feel the mistrust in yourself and that energy causes what it causes uncertainty. Yeah. So if you're, you know, they say babies feed off your energy, right? So if you're like trying to, if you're like, go to your room, ah, but I don't know if that was the right thing to do. You know, their kid is like, okay, I'm gonna go to my room, but I don't think that that was the right thing to do. And then you're like, yeah, right? don't talk back to me, you know? And then now you're all mad, but it's like, because you were questioning yourself, they feel that. They don't know what is right until you affirmatively acknowledge that this is right, it turns out, and that it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to, you know, talking to them and making these decisions, I don't know, I read a statistic somewhere, and please don't cite this source because I don't remember, but it was something like the best, like, basically to be good enough, you only have to do it right, like 30% of the time. That's it. Yeah. I think I can handle 30%. <laughs> We got this. Thirty percent of the time, right? My like, friend Sammy has a book called Sure Parenting, and she uses that that yeah. study in there. So good. Yeah, thirty yeah. percent of the time, because there's rips and repairs, right? And what do those repairs do? So anytime you think about, oh, oh, I made a mistake, don't dwell on the mistake. Relish in the fact that when you fix it, you build trust. Building trust, attuning to your kids and making sure that they feel you and they feel your love and presence, that's what builds trust. You can't have repairs without rips. Mm -hmm. So if you never acknowledge that you made a mistake or if you are always so striving for per perfection that all you ever do is stand by your rigidity and beat yourself up, then you don't get to repair. The repair is the best part. Right. That's the part that makes them feel like, hey, it's okay when something goes wrong and it's okay to trust someone again when they admit their mistakes. I like that because I just feel like as moms, we are having no time away from our kids right now. At and, all. Right? At all. And, and so it's like, it, it just feels like there's like constantly rips. Like mm -hmm. every single day, it's like, okay, like I'm so done and I'm just mentally checked out. And so I'm like scrolling on my phone and I'm like, I am mentally traumatizing my children for life because I'm like... <laughs> 
neglecting them and I'm and yeah. disassociating like you know I yes. come up with all of these things about how I'm ruining my children's lives and uh, we all? I, I oh, was yeah. just gonna say I think all we day. all feel this way right now <laughs> right yeah and so I, I don't know like what what are your thoughts on how not on like how to not beat ourselves up about it because I mean obviously that's that's the solution but like how do we know that our kids are gonna be okay that's a good question so I think you know because you're doing the best you can and if you're listening to this it's because you want to figure out good solutions and healthy solutions and you want to you want to attune if you are researching this on your you want to do well that's right. how you know because you are trying your best and because at, after you you know get on your phone and you know dissociate for an hour and then come back and your kids are like i'm hungry you know then and you if you know you've done something that has hurt their feelings or that has made them feel unseen then to approach them and say you know what i i feel like i kind of made you i my behavior was made you feel sad and i don't want that i really love you do you want to play some cards or something sure right like just you know i get the feeling that what just our interaction just made you feel sad and i i hope you don't feel sad i want to tell me a little bit about that like how did you feel when that happened you know just reaching out and connecting and 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 acknowledging that you know i'm not always perfect i'm not a perfect person moms i used to tell my kids all the time parents are just people and we That's have feelings and we, we are just people we have feelings, we have fears, we have flaws, we have strengths. And so when, you know, just like you would if you had a fight with your husband or your wife, you know, and, or if you snapped at them because you were grumpy, what would you do later? Hey, ugh, you know, that interaction earlier, I, when I snapped at you, I felt, I felt that right away. And I, I really regret my, I regret acting that way. I wasn't present and I'm present now. And I just want you to know that I see you. It's the same, you know, they just want to feel attuned to. And if you trust yourself enough to say, and it's not like you're apologizing for punishing them when they get in trouble, right? right. You don't have to be their friend, but, but you do want to make sure that you're showing them humility and you're showing them connection and attunement by saying, I recognize like that probably felt crummy when I didn't listen to you and you had to call my name five times before I actually responded. And then when I actually did answer you, I yelled. So that's on me. So this has me thinking about ongoing patterns versus, you know, like you mentioned, uh, oh, I played on my phone for an hour or whatever and I ignored you, whatever. What about like when you feel like you've been letting your kids down for years with certain patterns? What then? I think, you know, the answer is the same, but it has a lot more to do with how you, per, you know, how, what you internalize, right? Because as we become aware, so I went through this when I went to school. So as soon as I started counseling school, they, um, you take a lifespan development class. And let me tell you what, you learn a lot about attachment patterns. And you learn a lot about how parental neglect is going to ruin your kids' lives and you're just going to mess them up and they're going to end up in therapy. But here's the thing. <laughs> A, none of us get out of this unscathed. So know that, and that's okay. B, when you become aware of patterns, then you tend to believe that they're worse than they are before you knew about them. Mm. But just because you know about them does not make them severe. And so if in fact, because objectively, okay, that could be true, I've had an unhealthy pattern um, with my kids, let's say, then the best thing to do for yourself is identify, okay, what's the trigger when this, like, what's my trigger for this? Um, like, how do I know when this is about to happen? What does it look like when I do it? So become aware of it. Um, how does that make me feel? Like, what do I feel? How do I feel about myself when this happens? How do I want to feel, right? And then 
you know, what's the belief? What's the, what's the, you know, uh, what's the opportunity belief? The belief is, you know, I, I, I am a good mom. I am connected with my kids. I want to be a good mom. I want to be connected with my kids. Okay. So if we know what it is, we know how we feel about it and we know what we want, then at that point we can start to think and, and, and change it. Because awareness also isn't the solution, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> you know? So once we become aware, then we sort of can get stuck in that awareness phase where it's like, I know that everything I'm doing is wrong. And then it's just, you're cycling in that. So when you have demonstrated an unhealthy pattern, then first you have to figure out what that pattern was, why it's happening and when it's happening. And, and then you have to change it. And when you do change it, kids are resilient. I say this all the time, but like how yeah. many of us have stayed in unhealthy relationships? Hmm. How many of us have, have um, <laughs> forgiven our partners for systemic bad behavior, right? Like, because if you make a change and someone, like if you work through it together and someone you love is committing to that change and they're actually changing, how do you feel? I feel heard. I feel validated. I feel oh, yeah. better. You can kind of undo it. So you basically undo it by doing the opposite. And, but you have to know, you have to say to yourself, you have to acknowledge and that, how do I know if they're going to be okay? Well, they're going to be okay because you're doing the best you can. And you're going to keep working at it. And because none of us get out of this unscathed, that doesn't mean all of us end up with personality disorders, you know, like, so there's extremes and we kind of, some, we sometimes get really fixated on the extremes and then we forget about what is just baseline. What's just normal people, normal problems. And it's okay. And we have to build a tolerance for our kids' distress. So like, we have to build a tolerance for our own distress and build a tolerance for our kids' distress. And so when it comes to some of the stuff we were talking about with school, right? Like a lot of that is about our own distress and our kids' distress. I don't want my kid to be in a situation where he or she feels X, Y, Z, where he feels isolated, ostracized, um, scared, different, right? But what we need to be able to do is accept that life comes with those feelings. And if I feel those feelings, it's not the end of the world. It is not the end of me. It does not equal total annihilation. It equals, I'm going to learn how to deal with these feelings. I'm going to be okay that I have them. And the bigger deal we make it as a problem, the bigger deal they think it's a problem. Yep. But we, I'm learning this with my son now, you know, a little bit about me. He, my oldest son is going through some stuff and he's actually in treatment for his own, you know, depression and anxiety and really severe, um, really like low confidence, self-worth and all of these things. And, um, and I'm learning that I need to build a tolerance for my son's distress because growth is painful. And growth and change are things that come with pain because they're different and because we can't control them and because we want to make them go away and because we want it to be back the way it was and because we don't want to have to think about this and we don't want to have to deal with this. But, you know, the fact is I have created this. And so he's in this environment, right, in a treatment environment, and he's meeting people who have had different backgrounds and he's experiencing adversity that he's never experienced before. And I realized what that told me is that I have protected him from feeling scared, from feeling frustrated, from feeling overwhelmed, from feeling concerned, from feeling unsafe. I've protected him to such a degree that he doesn't know how to deal with those. He doesn't know how to feel those feelings. And that didn't do him any favors. Right. But I know he's going to be okay because we're learning. We're right. doing it now. Right. He has not even lived 20% of his life yet. 10% of his life. Who knows, right? Like by the right. time we, who knows? So there's so much time ahead than anything we've done right now. It's never too late. I love that. So it reminded me, Tara Satravina. I don't know if I pronounced her name right, but Tara, uh, she's involved with Mom Nation, 
um, and she owns the studio in Phoenix. Uh, and she had posted just this week on on Facebook this chart that that it's oh. what we think healing will look like, and it says meditating peacefully. What what healing actually looks like, um, and it it says unpacking trauma, having difficult conversations, taking radical responsibility for your actions, implementing healthy routines, and setting and enforcing boundaries. And it, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, we always feel like personal transformation is just like this feel good, awesome thing. And, and sometimes that feel good, awesome thing can be like what incites the transformation, but it's just like this tiny little fragment of a moment in the mm -hmm. whole scheme of it all. And and yeah, just everything you were saying, it just made me think of that. Yeah. I have to go find this right now. <laughs> I love the visual. I love uh, charts. I love yes. it. I mean, but it's so true that it is just this minute moment. And we have to get out of our own heads and start realizing that, is my kid going to come home to, like, let's say they go to school and they have a bad day, right? They have a tough time. They don't feel comfortable. Are they going to come home to an environment where they know that they're safe at home? Are they gonna come home to an environment where they know they can talk about it? Where they know they're allowed to feel their feelings and they have an outlet and they feel heard and seen? They know that you're doing everything you can to keep them safe and they trust you? Are they gonna come home and feel like home is where they need to be? And so school is school, but home is what shapes us. And so that's when we think about what we're gonna do, and how we're gonna handle it logistically. There's no way that I can sit and solution every single one of them, right? But what I can say for sure is that when you focus on the right things, like being present, attuning, um, you know, making thoughtful decisions and thoughtful plans, catching yourself when you're overwhelmed or outside of your window of tolerance, when you're hypervigilant or if you feel like you're shutting down, you're outside of your window of tolerance and your window of tolerance is the only place that you can have access to everything. That's that presence. And if you can't build it. And so the other thing is, I think I said this the last time, but a tolerance for calm. We, I think we joked because none of us know how to do that, right? <laughs> calm is hard, but a tolerance for calm. If we don't build a tolerance for calm, then we can't tolerate anything else. And so that calm doesn't necessarily mean everything's going great. The calm means that you're within your window of tolerance. That you're not hypervigilant and you're not shutting down. And then that's when you can be the most productive, the most effective. That's when you can learn. That's when you can teach. That's when you can act. That's when you can plan. That's when you can feel. That's when you can love. That's the place that you need to stay. And so practice staying inside your window of tolerance and teach your kids how to do that too. And then the environment that they're in. Cause let's face it, ladies, it's 2020. We don't know anything anymore. Everything not. <laughs> like we don't know what is going to happen. We cannot predict it. We can't. And so this is a real, I, I said at the beginning of this, what a reset button. This is a reset button for I believe we us. spoke about that privately, you and I. Yeah, we did talk about that. This is a reset button where we have this opportunity to rethink what we thought we knew and information that we thought we needed in order to survive. Because what did we think we needed in order to survive three months ago versus what we think we need today? It's probably a different list. So what we need, what I know that I need in order to survive is to be able to check myself before I wreck myself and get present before right. I make a decision. That's what I need in order to survive. And that's all. The rest is just stuff. And so no matter what the environment looks like for your kids when they go back to school, no matter if it's, you know, if they're in those bubbles that you roll around in, you know, the blow up like bubbles or whatever, like whatever that looks like, we don't know, but we can take precautions. We can wash our hands. We can, you know, we can send them with sanitizer. We can teach them to wear a mask, teach them how to wash their hands before and after they blow their nose, that kind of thing. Like we can teach kids how to have healthy patterns. Take a shower when you get home, whatever, you know, like those little things that we can do to be cautious. Don't touch everything. Put your hands in your pockets. Like just don't, don't put your hands touch in your mouth. Everything, <laughs> ever. Yeah. Like just stop touching stuff. That's pretty ever. much the rule. Stop don't touch anything ever again. Don't touch anything. <laughs> uh, 
touch it. Cause seriously, there's just no reason. But <laughs> first healthy precautions, right? Like I'm not saying just, it'll be okay. That's crazy. But what's not crazy is that when you are present, you can make the choices and you can see what's right in front of you. And you can actually make good choices about what they need to know and what they need versus what they want and what you need versus what you want. So navigating through changing environments is always, I'm always going to have the same answer. Get present, then you can make a decision. I love it. That needs to be our tagline for this show. <laughs> I, I feel know. like it should be, I need it like tattooed or something. Get yes, present, then make a decision. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I really do. We need bumper stickers. Seriously. <laughs> thinking like, what is there symbolically? So I have seen um, some people as uh, well. I saw that there was a guy who he put a tattoo on his, like on his thumb right here. And it was like an arrow that pointed to screen to make him be mindful about what he was looking at on the screen. But, but having, you know, a tattoo like that, I thought about having it to, you know, actually have it point towards me like, oh, hey, remember yourself. Like, yes. You know, uh, just this, this idea of, of, I just spend so much time on my phone doing whatever and, and having something on your body that's a symbol that represents that, get your back, yourself back with yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. I have one, one of those. Thing, one thing that I like to tell my clients to do also is um, write it on something and take a picture of it and make it your home screen. Good call. Whatever message you want to say to yourself as many times a day as you need to hear it, write it down, take a picture and set it as your home screen. You mean like yes. this? Yes. Exactly. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. Because you're probably going to see that even more than your own body. So yeah. all yeah. the time, right? Like it's constant. And so, um, so yeah. And then, you know, it's life is hard. It's tricky, but it's okay. And our families and our, and our kids and ourselves, like, we'll be okay. And it's temporary. Temporary. Right, right. And that's something yeah. that I feel like is important for everybody to remember. And, and everything is always temporary. You talk yeah. that. Yeah, these feelings are temporary. It will get through. When we get stuck, that, we make it permanent. Right. We pick off the scab, right? Like the cut's going to heal, but we didn't, we picked off the scab. We did that. Yeah. Like, leave it alone. It's temporary, you know, like don't touch let that. it do its thing. Yeah. So don't touch that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I know it's, I do know it's hard. Like it is hard. And I, I myself, you know, check myself a hundred times a day. I really do. Sometimes more than others. I have to. But I can, when I feel it in my body, when I feel sick, when I feel hot, when I feel like my heart's beating, I'm like, okay, mommy needs a minute. Yep. Yeah. You can tell okay. your body tells you. Oh yeah. Yep. So it's okay to need to do that. Yeah. And, and just learning to like listen to your body. Uh, that's been one of the most useful things I think from my latest round of therapy is is that idea of like always checking with your body, your body's going to mm -hmm. tell you. And like, even though I'm annoyed because my body's like, Oh, Hey, you need to rest 500 times more than you think you do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's necessary. It really is necessary. Yeah. And like my mental health has been better than ever. Right. Even though all of this chaos is going on and it yeah. just comes down to listening to your body. So I love that you're yeah. emphasizing that. That's so important. Yeah. You must actually know your stuff. Oh my gosh. I mean, at least a <laughs> little bit. To I think at least a little bit. At least I know enough right now to get through the rest of the day. That's for sure. That's yeah. what I know. Hey, that's all we can ask for right now. All I need. So. I just need to get, I need right now. I need to know right now. So yeah. Love it. Awesome. Well, it's always amazing having you, Laura. Thank you so much. And Beth, my friend, what do we want people to do? We want you guys to go to your favorite platform for listening to podcasts and go ahead and rate, re review and subscribe to these episodes. And don't just subscribe, but download them because if you download them, we actually get credit. Um, if you listen to them and you don't download them, we don't get credit, which is really annoying, but it is what it is. And so 
Like, why yeah, does technology do this to us? Right? It just doesn't make any sense. Well, like, especially, like, like, how is a download more, anyway, I could rant about that. But we have okay. a goal of being able to build a momune, a home for moms in every major city across the United States. And we know that we can't do that unless we can reach more and more moms, uh, which we're working on every single day. Uh, but you leaving a five-star review for us helps us to reach more moms. So please, 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 if you have a minute, go help us out and do that. Yes. All right. I, that's what I will be doing right after this. Sure the best. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. As always, Laura, appreciate your time. Thank you for Thank sharing you your Thank you so much. I love it. This is such a great platform. I'm so excited to hopefully help any moms who need it. I'm I've been there, sister. It gets better. That's all okay. I can say. I tagged your page in the caption today. Um, so if anybody has any questions for you, it's cool to just message you through the page. That's Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Shoot me a text or a message. Thank you for awesome. joining us, Laura. Right. You're amazing. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. 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 Moms with aspiration, moms are inspirations, moms in circulation, moms at their workstations. Bump, 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 they make a nation, bump, this is a mom nation.